1: Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Sigrun, and I cannot say her last name. So, Sigrun, could you please say your last name?
0: <laughs> well, if you want it in Icelandic or uh, English, uh, it's Good Stotir. <laughs> uh, but I actually don't use it exactly ah. for that reason why it's uh, difficult for many to pronounce. And uh, I've even trademarked my name, Sigrun. Ah. just like that.
1: Okay, great. Well, good. Well, thank you for that. Um, Let me tell everybody a little bit about you because you have an interesting story. Uh, Sigrun is a former CEO, licensed architect, software engineer, and executive who eventually realized that building businesses was actually her zone of genius. After starting her own highly successful online business, Sigrun is now a leading business mentor for female online entrepreneurs throughout Europe and elsewhere. She is also a TEDx speaker and the host of the Sigrun Show podcast. Welcome to your super-powered mind.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Yes. My first question is always... What superpower did you discover as a result of mastering your mind?
0: My intuition. Uh, trusting my intuition, I would say, because it has been quite the challenge, you know, to build a business. Uh, it's a lot about mindset, a lot more than strategy and tactics. At the end of the day, your business is as successful or as big as you can grow in your mindset. And when you have struggles, then uh, the question is, uh, can you master your mind, like you said? And just recently, I had this experience that I hired someone who was perfect on paper, absolutely perfect on paper. And I was so excited to have this person join my team. But a couple of months into it, I realized she was not perfect in action. There was like worlds apart between what I expected and what I was getting. And in the meantime, I got also sick for six weeks. So as I came back to my team, I started to doubt if I had done a proper onboarding. I had started to doubt if I had really told her what she needed to do. And so I didn't tackle the part of getting rid of this uh, team member, it took me a while because I started to not trust my gut feeling, my intuition. And once I kind of looked at everything and I even hired a coach to to make sure that I would see this all correctly, I realized I just need to trust my gut. She wasn't the right member for my team. She will be perfectly placed somewhere else. And I let her go. And I real, I reminded myself, and my coach said to me, "Trust, trust your intuition; it is correct."
1: Ah, yes. Oh, you've said so much there, which is um, really interesting, and I can't wait to dive more deeply into it because I really am wanting to talk to you about what does it take to remove the blocks to action when. You're wanting to start an online business, but it also applies to any number of jobs or careers or goals that we have. And you brought up this idea that your business can grow only as big as you can grow in mindset. And that seems so true. And before I can ask you more questions about it, I do want to go to break so we can come back and just dive into it deeply. Can you let people know where they can find out about you and your work?
0: Absolutely. I have a podcast with over 450 episodes, The Sigrun Show, where I talk about online business and the mindset with it as well, of course. And uh, my website is sigrun.com.
1: Great. Hang on, everybody. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how do we remove our blocks to action in online business and life otherwise?
0: In step two, you learn with us by watching one of our inspirational videos each week from the IM series. And when you're ready, come grow in community. Our superpower programs offer a unique experience for those ready to harness their superpowers to change themselves, their lives, and ultimately the world. Go to superpowerexperts.com
1: and take the next step on your path today. Welcome back, everyone. This is your superpowered mind. And I am talking to Sidrin about the mindset needed to really move forward in business. And so I already pointed out that I love this that your business can only grow as big as you can grow in mindset. Can you just say a little bit more about that?
0: Absolutely. Uh, when I started my business uh, over seven years ago, It was as a result of being sick for seven months and losing my job twice in two years. And I realized I was perfectly unemployable, and it was time to follow my own dreams and start my own business. And then I started my business, and I first just had the goal of replacing my prior income. I had been a CEO for a decade, and... You know, going to six figures felt like, hey, I'm going to have a comfortable life. I'm going to be able to live in two countries, Iceland and Switzerland, and take care of my health if I have a six figure or, you know, $200,000 a year income. Now, revenue of a business is not the same as your salary. So (laughs) I didn't consider that right away. I found that out later on, of course. But I really wanted to grow my business. Once I realized I could go to six figures and I could go to 200,000 and 300,000, I started to get this idea that I could have a million dollar business. And I, you know, I didn't know exactly how to do it. I felt I needed a strategy, I needed some tactics. Uh, But actually, what I needed was a kick in the butt. (laughs) My husband, lost his job uh, towards the end of... Uh, I was three years in business, and he lost his job. And this gave me the fuel to realize, like, I am the breadwinner. And so I had now the mindset to make it happen. And I was able to go from 340000 in revenue in one year to a million dollars the following year, tripling my income mainly because now I knew I had the responsibility for uh, our family income. And my husband was very happy that he didn't have to go back to working for anyone else. So that was kind of one uh, step when I realized how important uh, my mindset is. But then suddenly I had a seven-figure business, and the business was a little bit bigger than my team could handle. But I kept on going, I kept on going, I kept on going. I realized I showed up to a mastermind, Mastermind, like there were people there, like helping each other with their businesses. And I said to the people in the room, oh, here are all the things that I want to do. And they said, you need to hire a bigger team. And I was kind of like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I was kind of resisting hiring a bigger team. And then a wise woman stood up in the room and said, Sigrun, I think I know why you are resisting hiring a team. You are trying to prove to everyone that you can do this on your own. Mm-hmm. And it was like a little uh, you know, <laughs> a little knife into my heart, you know, in a good way. I wake-up call that in my mind I had. This idea of, I have to do this on my own. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Otherwise, it's not my business. Otherwise, I'm not self-made. It was something kind of like, I was holding so much onto that idea of, I need to do this. I need to have a really lean team. I cannot have it easy. And as soon as I released that, then the floodgates were there. It was easy to find people. It was easy to continue growing my business. You know, there's always some issues with a team. I just mentioned the one, (laughs) you know, firing someone the other day. But I completely released myself of this. Now it's actually one of my favorite things to find amazing team members. And I know every time I hire someone, I am enabling my business to grow more, and I can impact more people. And it's not about more money for me. I actually just want more impact. I want to help more people, to help more women grow and scale their businesses. But I can only do that if I can grow and scale in my mind. Yes.
1: Yeah. And so what I'm wondering is, What do you find, because I know you work with a lot of um, people, business owners, it sounds like uh, mostly women, who are creating their online business, and they come to you at different stages. You have all different levels from, it sounds like, beginning up to the already very successful to get even to the next level. What do you find that they need? Is there... let's say, starting out or relatively new, what kind of support is it that they're needing to actually be able to move forward?
0: Uh, It's a couple of things. Uh, Before they invest in themselves, the biggest hurdle is believing that they can do it. I have actually changed my marketing in some ways to emphasize this point believing that you can do it because once they have decided that you are the expert that they want to follow, for instance, listen to your podcast or something, uh, then you are, you know, having them listen to you. And then a program comes along where they say, well, I believe this program works because they see all the testimonials. The biggest reason why someone will not take that first step of investing in themselves or even just taking the first step on, on any venture, even if you don't have to uh, pay anyone some money, is that you don't believe you can do it. And I'm finding this to be a lot higher with women than men. And it comes to the fact that we just don't have enough role models. And once women see other women similar to themselves, That are doing it, then they start to believe it's possible for themselves. Uh, You know, there is this concept out there closing the dream gap. It's not about the gender gap, really, like the pay gap. Mm -hmm. It's about the dream gap. Do women allow themselves to dream big? In one of my free trainings, I actually tackle all these questions of like dreaming big, having a big vision, uh, believing that you can. Do anything. And I talk about being brought up in the belief that I could do anything. Uh, We had the first female president in the world in Iceland when I was nine years old. She was a president for 16 years. She was not a politician. She had studied French and theater. She was not married. She had an adopted daughter and she had just gone through cancer therapy and she became a president. Wow. And I was nine years old and I grasped this and I started to think, well, I can become president. <laughs> and I truly believed it, a nine year old, that I could become one because she didn't have anything that I saw as a superpower. She was a good human being and, you know, well spoken, but it was not like she was rich or that she had some uh, fantastic political connections or anything like that. She was more like this independent person that the people just fall in love with. And she was a president for 16 years. So actually, boys started to think, can, can a man be a president? <laughs> and I think that's quite good. You know, We need that shift. Now, if you've not been brought up in Iceland, which happens to be actually number one in gender equality in the world, uh, you will not have that belief. And I still also know that there are women in Iceland that don't believe they can do it. It is not just being in a country where this is fostered, but also the the parents, the people you surround yourself, what you see, uh, what kind of thing, what your education. In the in, for instance, one of my friends sees a nurse. You know, she's surrounded by doctors all day. Well, she cannot be a doctor because she chose to be a nurse. But she could go on some path, and she has. She has now a master's degree. She can actually. Uh, run a whole department. But the role modeling is really the key to getting women to believe that they can do it, and then they can take that first step.
1: Yes. Yes. And then uh, the one other thing that I see a lot with people is there's a way in which they decide, okay, I'm going to do this, and they start to work. And then they discover that they are really, really uncomfortable putting themselves out there, being seen, being visible.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of women have that. Yeah. Yeah. So after they've taken the decision to invest in themselves, uh, you know, I used to have a program where I taught everything around online business. It was a one year program. And I thought I had created a great program. You know, this is back in 2017. I was so proud of it. And then uh, one and a half year into this program, I realized not enough women were taking action. Like they were afraid to be visible. They didn't create an online course. They didn't really have the success that I thought they could have. And I was like, what's wrong here? I've created all these videos, these worksheets. Why are they not doing it? And I realized they often come into overwhelm of there is so much to do. There's so many opportunities, so many possibilities. And then, yeah, the visibility comes on top of that, scared of being seen, scared of telling people what you do, scared of the haters. Mm -hmm. I completely changed the way I teach in 2018. I decided to remove some of the content and create shorter programs where people get minimal information every week. So as an example, uh, in one of my programs, I teach women how to create their first or next online course. And I realized there are so many options. You can create a course that's four weeks or six weeks or eight weeks, and you can do this and that. Da, da, da. And I realized, again, that's Like They don't know what to do because they have to decide all these things that they... There's so many choices and they don't know which choice is correct. So I decided to remove all of that as well. And I said, you are going to create a four-week course. You're going to deliver videos on Monday. You're going to have a Q&A call on Thursday. Here's how you do it. And suddenly they were like, oh, okay, <laughs> I can do that. And then I said, now you have to promote your course. Here's what you do. Here you have to go on all social media channels and tell people that you have this course coming up. Here's how you do it, and then there's a checklist that they've actually done it, and they have to show in the program that they've actually done the promotion. And they're like, "Oh, okay, I'm going to do that." So we took this fear away from them. Like you know, of course we're all afraid of visibility. It doesn't matter how known we are or how long we've been in business. We We don't like to be judged. Nobody likes to be judged. But if you just get this homework of, like, now you have to post on Facebook or now you have to, uh, you know, do a podcast episode, and they're like, "Okay, I'll do it. It's possible." Yes,
1: and you know what I like is because I do work with a lot of um, I do a lot of mindset work with entrepreneurs, and with many of them, they do go into this overwhelm piece of. Which do I focus on? Which piece do I do? How do I implement this? You know, how do I exactly say this? And then, wait, should I be doing this over here at the same time? Mm -hmm. So I love how you're saying, okay, this is the path. Walk down this one narrow little section (laughs) and complete that.
0: Exactly. And this is just for those who are at the starting point. Once people are further in business, there isn't one size fits all. There isn't one path. And then you have to talk to people and figure out the different paths. But in the beginning, it's just like going to school, if we think about it. First, we all have to learn math and English. But once we have decided our interest, we go in different directions. And the same with starting your business. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So what do you find comes up? You know, in terms of uh, things that stop people from taking action, say, if they've already got a six-figure business and they're wanting to get, you know, to expand potentially into the high six figures or the seven figures, what kind of blocks come up for them would you see?
0: Well, I think there are blocks in terms of money mindset, and I experienced that myself I remember when I started to hit 20K months. And I was for a moment or even a whole month paralyzed. I was like, well, this is it. You know, <laughs> this is all I need, you know, this, or is this a fluke? Will this happen again? Like there were all these doubts that uh whether I deserved so much money. And even if I did, uh why should I want more? Mm. And uh money mindset seems to come up a lot more for women than men. And we know that this is generational. Like, you know, how long has it been since women could have a bank account? Previously, women needed a signature from their husbands to get a loan and all that. It sounds crazy to us, but this is not so long ago. And I do think we are still, uh, you know, coming out of those struggles uh so that money is a, is a different subject for women than men in terms of the money mindset we start to sabotage i you know i had a month in my first year of business made $25,000 and the next month i didn't send out any emails i didn't do any promotion i didn't follow up with people who said they wanted to work with me and at the end of the month i had made $1700 mm-hmm. and i was like you did this. I did this to myself. It was not the economy. I couldn't blame this on anyone except myself. And the self-sabotage is, is real. And it comes up again and again when uh, women hit uh, some sort of a ceiling in their business. And this is you know, specifically when you're running a personal brand business, when you're, it's your name on the line. It's not like some company name. It's your name then you're always measuring your revenue somehow as comparison to like well i have earned so much now that this is what my parents earned in i don't know in a whole year or and you, you kind of we have these stories around what is 100,000 what is 200,000 what does that mean to us and we we got to get over it and realize what's happening uh, one of the books that helped me the most in uh, getting over these hurdles was the big leap by Gay Hendrix. Okay, and in the big leap, uh, he talks about possible reasons for uh, us, you know, creating those blocks. Uh, we could be afraid of, for instance, leaving people behind. And I think women, we are such so community driven. We we want to take care of everyone. We're actually trying to take care of everyone else more than ourselves. And so if we start to think that uh, making more money leaves our friends and family behind or the husband will get jealous or whatever comes to mind, if, if we have those thoughts, we're doing self-sabotage. Yeah. But once you're aware of it, that you might be doing something like this to yourself, it actually uh, goes away. And, you know, I was able to then double my revenue year after year and then go to seven figures. And, and now my next, you know, goal is eight figures. I just achieved eight figures in total revenue. Wow. And then my next goal is eight figures. But uh, I realize internally, as I say it to you, that there is some mindset, you know, I have to get over some thoughts in my head. Am I a person that makes eight figures a year? Maybe not. Like I have to work on myself to be, become that person before I can actually do it.
1: Yes. Yes. There's um there's a way in which right. What well, you just said it. We have to become that before it can happen.
0: Yeah. And believe
1: that and have the energy of I am somebody who does this.
0: Yeah. And the thoughts come before it happens. It's just like Disney. You know, you got to imagine these amazing movies before they can be made. Someone needs to write the script, someone needs to have the ideas. The same for a business. Writing the story, you write the story before you make it happen. And I am a huge believer in in doing uh, vision boards or, you know, doing vision exercises and imagining what kind of person you are. Like, what kind of decisions would I take if I already made eight figures? What kind of team would I have? What kind of help would I have at home? Would I still cook? Would I still drive my own car? What, you know, there are just, you know, what kind of car would I have? What kind of house would I live in? And I, I've gone through a massive shift uh, in the last year because I finally also allowed myself to benefit properly from my business. I was always pouring all the revenue back into the business. And I was hiring a team and paying for coaching. And then one day I thought to myself, oh, I can actually buy a nicer apartment. Oh, I can actually buy a nicer car. I had a car that was 15 years old. Now I have a brand new Tesla. I was in an old apartment with old furniture. Now I have a brand new penthouse apartment with a whirlpool on the roof terrace. And this has allowed me to see, wow, I live in this amazing place. There are more things possible for, me, for myself.
1: Yeah, that's very funny that it took you, it's sort of as if you, you got a picture of yourself as being this business person, this successful business person, but didn't actually then get the vision of yourself as a rich person.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah i yes. was i was I was seeing myself successful, you know, the numbers proved it, but I was still living very modest. Well, I, I think we can all live a modest life and and still be wealthy. Right. But I was living in a place that did not reflect me anymore. I was driving a car that didn't reflect who I was or 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 where I wanted to go. And I'm not saying everybody needs to go out and buy stuff to become. This person, but your surroundings need to reflect your success to you. If I sit in a crappy office, how, who am I then to become a successful eight figure entrepreneur? No, the office needs to show this is the office of an eight figure entrepreneur before you even achieve it.
1: Yes. So it's just, it is just that energetic piece of how you're thinking of yourself, how you are. Showing yourself, and it's not the fake it till you make it kind of idea. It's more really just stepping into. Wait, no, this is who I am, and this is what I do. And this exactly, is I, yeah, yeah, very interesting. And one of the things that I um, you you sort of mentioned a little bit peripherally is this idea of um, you know why are people creating businesses you know, whether it's for money or purpose, what, you know, you were talking about the impact that Mm. you have. Um, How much does that matter to people and and whether they succeed or don't succeed or can really go for it or not?
0: I think there are two stages to the business building and, and how I'm helping the women. In the beginning, it's all about more like survival, like Maybe you've lost your job, or maybe you just are tired of working in corporate, and then you decide to start your own business. In the beginning, it's survival, like I need to make money to pay rent or mortgage and and live my life. And in that phase, thinking about impact is less helpful. Because we need that foundation. It's like, you know, giving to charity or whatever. Like you also need to first, you know, feed yourself or like in a plane, you put the oxygen mask first on yourself before you put it on others. But once you have achieved a certain safety, which could for someone be six figures in in other countries, maybe 50,000 a year, then it has to be about impact. It has to be about your why. People do business with you because of your why, not because you want to make more money. Nobody will (laughs) go to someone and say, oh, I want to give you some more money because I I heard you want to make a lot of money. No, (laughs) they come to you because your values are aligned. You uh, believe in similar things and your mission aligns with them. When I tell women I'm on a mission to accelerate gender equality through female entrepreneurship, They're like, yes, I want that too. And they want that in their own way. So when I say having an impact, it's not just me having an impact. It's through my clients. If they are aligned with my vision and they are successful, I feel I have achieved so much more because I have 10X or 100X my impact through my clients when we are aligned in our visions.
1: Yeah. That's great. I love how you explain that. That is really very, very clear. We are out of time. I guess what I would want um, to ask you now is what kinds of how do you work with people? Like, do you have masterminds? Do you have programs? Like, what is the support that you actually provide to people?
0: So I have three levels, depending on where people are at the business for. The beginners or those who are doing one-on-one and want to move to uh, groups or, or courses, my starting program is called Samba Kickstart. Samba stands for Sigrun's Online MBA. Uh-huh. And that's where we actually go through this process that I explained before of, you know, create your four-week course. Even if you don't necessarily want to sell a four-week course forever, it's just that process of getting people out of overthinking, out of overwhelm, getting them visible and making sure that they can actually create a scalable online business. And once they have done that, the next level program is for people already making money online. And I take them to six figures or actually to 200,000 in a program called Momentum. That's more like a group coaching program where I have multiple coaches and there's one-on-one accountability and once people are at 200, 250,000, I have a program called the Red Circle. Red is my favorite color. I wear red every day. So it made sense to call my highest level program Red Circle. And that's where I help women take their business to a million dollars. Ah,
1: that's great. Well, de- I love how you have it um, broken down into what, what is needed for each stage, the different levels of support. Um remind people if you will again the name of your website and I'll also include it in the show notes.
0: Yeah, my website is Sigrun.com, and my podcast is the Sigron show.
1: Great. Thank you. It's been fun talking to you today. It's always fun to you know to talk and discover you know what is it does it take to break through some of these limitations we put on ourselves and hold ourselves back with
0: Thank you for having me. It's been fun to share my experience with your listeners. Yes, thank you.
1: And all of you listeners, thank you for being here. And until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world.
0: Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.